It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, originally titled Quality vs. Quantity, originally aired on Patreon back on September 24th of 2020. Enjoy! Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. John, I kind of decided, hey, whenever you're ready, I'm ready to start take off. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, okay, well, uh, since how we've got all that figured out, how are you doing, sir? Are you alive? I'm doing good. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I was worried about, well, I wasn't worried about it because, uh, you know, diarrhea is not a part of COVID, <laughs> but now I was running uh, to the bathroom pretty regular. But no, I was running some fever, probably about three days of it. And my wife being the worrywart she is and my son having a brand new three month old baby and then our daughter having or our son and our daughter having uh you know two our grand baby and grand grand boy and grandson and granddaughter uh they're all worried oh yeah. here you know dad's sick no 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 well it was just diarrhea and, and and it was just a rotovirus. Now, I went and had the the fourteen inches of stick stuck up my nose, and they swabbed the back of my damn brain today. Virus test. <laughs> yeah, and now it would take about three days to five days for me to find out if I. Oh, they didn't do the there. rapid test, huh? Oh, that's they. Well, hell, Fredericksburg is charging them for it. I, I shouldn't say that, but but uh, Fredericksburg went to Gillespie County. Uh, by the way, Memorial Hospital is a great hospital if anybody's listening. And if you're in the Fredericksburg or Gillespie County area, you know Memorial Hill Country Memorial is a great hospital. They are good, but anyway, uh, they are a little slow, uh, but. Uh, they're doing the test, so hospital's going to take a little longer. So, yeah, I'll know in three, four, five days. All right. So, well, we'll we'll see you in six or seven or ten days. Something like that. <laughs> well, I'll see you. I'm just, I'm just picking on you. Um, Third, Sunday, Sunday, won't we? We'll be doing yeah, well, something No, like that. not not this weekend we won't. Um, not this our, weekend. Okay. Yeah, our next one will be maybe the weekend after for our, our okay. next in-person type thing we've got. Okay. Um, we'll probably end up doing this again uh, for okay. next weekend, but I've got a very bizarre schedule for next weekend on removals and some other things early that morning. Um, Sounds good. Show. But anywho, uh, well, I am glad that you're feeling better. Um, oh, yeah, and good it's uh, it's a good thing to make sure to keep all those grandbabies, you know, oh, healthy. Yeah. Uh, downside though, is if it was truly a rotovirus, you probably got it from one of the grandbabies. <laughs> no, I figure I got it at one of the fast food joints. Cause you know, my wife, I said, you don't go eat. Oh yeah. Uh, I said, you want hamburgers or tacos? And you know, we have a, we're, we eat in the truck. We don't eat in the damn restaurant. No, we can't, can't go in a restaurant. 
Uh, how did we catch that? Off either the gal that brought guy or gal that brought it to us, or the person that packaged it. So oh. I'll, I'll quit there. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, so you were uh, you were talking to me and saying that you have kind of come up with a revelation after this year's beekeeping on what you potentially want to do next year. I want to raise, after visiting with you a little bit too, I want to raise big colonies of bees this spring. Now, this not this spring, this coming spring. And this is a great thing for our, for, you know, our, our family in down under to be thinking about right now, because they're coming in spring. Big colonies of bees make better honey or make more honey, right? So yes, I'm not going to worry about splitting. I'm not going to worry about uh, requeening. Well, I'm going to requeen some of the mean ass bees I got. But uh, oh, yeah. By the way, I did find where I can get Italians and scrats. That's all I can find right now. I can't find any carnies. So I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm worried. I'm thinking what I'm going to do. I um, I was looking at getting, I've got uh, two consultation clients that do need to requeen some colonies this fall, and I wanted to go and uh, support local, um, to the central Texas area, local anyway. However, the individuals, and I will not use any names, but um, they're not going to get any business if they can't respond to messages and emails. Let me just put it that way. Um, I should not have to chase you down and, and try to corral you to find out whether or not you've got things available and, and go, you know, go pick things up and, and things like that. So instead of being able to provide my, you know, support and funding to a local organization, mm -hmm. I ended up going probably with the same people that you're talking about and ordering them from Northern California. Um, yep, same we'll get some, yeah, we'll get some bees in from there. And, you getting Italians or scraps for them? Well, what are you gonna say? <laughs> I think I ordered yeah. for the. Uh, what I ended up doing is I ordered four queens. Um, uh -huh. Three of them are going to be Italians, and they are going to go to the consultation clients. And one of them is a scrat, and that one will go to me, and I will use it to requeen a colony so that I can monitor it and kind of do my own little experimentation on you know behaviors and and how well they do overall here in Central Texas. I know with our requeen of scratch, we ain't had a good, good track record yet with those. So, yeah, you know, but I was doing it all in the spring and then got in doing it in early summer. I don't know if it's just too dang hot. So we may do some this, this winter, this, I mean, this fall and they'll be re ready to hit the road running come springtime. But what I want to do is raise some big colonies of bees Quit worrying about split and quit worrying about doing all that. You know, make sure I'm going to take uh, several of my packages, blend them, take the queens out. In fact, I will have two, two carnies from the packages I got earlier this year. And, uh, and one russian yes i think i'll have i'm not sure if i want to split the russian uh you know they're 
I don't know. I, I may leave the Russian and move uh, Swarm. I got across the road into the cutout. And it's requeen to one of your Gen 2 Carniolans, I think. It's either that or it's one of the down south carnies, the Amish carnies. Uh, but uh, so anyway, but what I want to do is not worry about building numbers of bees or numbers of colonies. I want big, big colonies to make honey. I've yeah. got the mediums with comb. And all I got to do is let them do their thing, go to setting mediums on there and put them to work. There you go. And that is actually, that is a great, great mentality to have because one very large, very strong colony can outproduce five mediocre colonies hand over fist. And so by doing that and by focusing on the quality of your hive the quality of that one bee colony, the overall population of that bee colony, making sure they're healthy and strong and getting everything they need will maximize your honey production from that colony. Whereas splitting it out, yes, you will end up having more quality or sorry, more quantity. You'll have more beehives, but then, you know, the quality of those could be touch and go depending on the season and how things happen. And, and you know, this year, as we've stated, was very chaotic for us in, in central Texas and for beekeeping here. Um, so a lot of the splits and a lot of the things like that didn't have the full time frame that they should have had to go through and be able to build up. They didn't have the nectar flow be as consistent and steady, um, during the months that it normally would have. And there was definitely some setbacks and things with that. So going through and, and changing that focus, that's, that's awesome. I am very, uh, very proud of you for that mindset. Um, I will say as just a funny little ha-ha as you were talking about, you know, the potential ordering queens and you've got the Russian queens there. It occurred to me that I missed an amazing opportunity this year because we have talked so much about you ordering queens from different places. I so mm -hmm. should have titled one of the episodes as Mail Order Brides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have. <laughs> I think that would have been, that would have been like a, what? <laughs> what what yeah, did they get would have been there? one. <laughs> <laughs> and we and I should have started talking about Russians. Well, that's what made me think of it. Is you said that you're saying order them in the like ordering them, they're going to come in the mail, and then you said Russians. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh man, <laughs> mail order brides. We totally missed the boat on being able to have like a real fun tongue in cheek title for an episode. There, um, this one on the other hand will simply just be quality versus quantity, and yep. uh, and I think that does really kind of hit the mark for a lot of things that we do you know it is more important to have one really strong healthy colony than three smaller colonies that may limp along or need bandages and, and supplements all the time to kind of get them up and going and that's also one of the things about combining colonies in the fall is to try and and offset that so if you've got three or four small colonies that are kind of iffy and their their odds of making it through the winter are not that great you can take those, combine them into one colony, and then you've got one strong colony with plenty of population to be able to go through and make it through the winter. And that is always better, you know, to have one guarantee than four question marks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
fact, what got me thinking about it was, well, we, me and you had already talked, but, you know, I bought two colonies oh, earlier this year, uh, and they were a deep with a medium on top. And that's the ones we found out that were, well, I'll buy those things. It's, that was no, last year, I think. It was last year, last fall. Yeah, that's when yeah, it was. It was last year. And uh, they were both honeybound. So we took two frames, four frames out of each one of them. Four? Two out of each four. one. Four frames out put of each. Four frames out of each. Put four new uh, deep, fully drawn out combs back into them. And they went crazy. And then they had, they had plenty of reserves for the winter. There wasn't no worry about that. But one of them we split, and it cratered on us on me now i still got the split but the the main colony it went away uh the other one that we didn't do nothing to it's crazy i'm going to get 20 30 frames of honey off of it and it's plump full of bees i mean it's got a medium and a and a deep full of bees some sitting there from just a four or five maybe Maybe 500, they wasn't 500 bees in that bunch last year in that colony. And now it's thousands. And I'm probably, maybe I'll get five or six gallons of honey off of it. So I'm sitting there. Uh, I may be ignorant, but I ain't stupid. So I've got to figure out, I want to build some colony. You know, I want to build some numbers. I think that'll, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, you want to. You spent basically the the first year and a half um, focused on how many hives can I acquire, kind of that he who dies with the most toys comment kind of thing. Oh yeah. And uh, and then after this rough spring and rough summer, and you know putting all that money into those packages and then losing almost half of them, um, yep. it does definitely make you stop and take a step back and be like, well, okay, now wait a minute. So maybe instead of rushing forward, maybe I should step back and, and rebuild and, and make sure those are good and strong. And that is great because if you get the existing colonies that you have to go through and build up and get super big and super strong, you can then have, you know, this huge honey harvest that would have actually been bigger than you would have had this year even oh, if yeah. those other smaller colonies would have been able to actually produce some excess honey for you. So yep. It is a it is a good thing, and I think that's the right path kind of to to take. You got to do the the first set, which is kind of what I think a lot of beekeepers kind of fall into. It's it's a, almost an addictive quality. Um, I kind of liken it to like getting a tattoo. Um, you go through, you get a tattoo. It hurts like hell, and then afterwards, you know, like a week or two goes by, and then all of a sudden, you start getting this little nagging like kind of think I want another one. <laughs> and that's kind of how beekeeping can go, especially when you first get started, you get your one hive and you're so just enamored by everything that they do and all of the cool things that you're seeing and experiencing. And suddenly that little voice starts nagging on you saying, you really should have two. Or you know what? This person over here is selling some of them on Craigslist. You can have four. <laughs> and, you know, the thoughts of how much time is it really going to take for me to go and do an inspection on all those hives and, you know, potential feeding of those hives and buying all the equipment if they're Langstroths and all that stuff, like doesn't initially cross our minds until all of a sudden, oh crap, I'm out of equipment and the bees need extra space. And now what do I do? And instead of having to buy 
one box of 10 frames, I've got to buy four boxes of 10 frames, you know, or, or XYZ. Um, so it can definitely get out of control. And then you have the, the same concept as well. I put all this money and everything into it. And if you spend a lot of money to buy a lot of colonies and then your resources are spread too thin and a lot of those colonies don't make it, well, that was an investment that you've now lost out on. Uh, yep. But the upside, though, again, with beekeeping is that it can be recouped because the equipment you bought can still be used later. Oh, yeah. And then the bees, you could dedicate maybe one colony to splitting and not split any of the rest of them. You know, and you could go through and do something like that. Or if the colony does get to the point where even trying your best to manage it and prevent it from swarming, um, you know, it's going through and it's making queen cells and stuff like that. If you can catch that original queen, you could turn them into a nuke, not to be created into a full-size colony, but just to be used as a supplemental resource nuke. And you could constantly rob the frames of brood from that nuke and give it to the bigger colonies to continue bolstering them and make them even bigger and stronger for the flow. And then continue giving the nuke frames to draw out wax. So it's creating new wax frames for you. It's creating brood for other colonies for you, but it didn't become a full size colony. And then at the end of the year, you can take whatever's left in that nuke and you can combine it, or you could even potentially overwinter the nuke and allow it to see if it survives the winter and then have that become a full-size colony next year. So there, there are ways that you can still mitigate some of that and help supplement and grow your colonies without actually doing a split and then making that split turn into its own colony that needs, you know, a deep and a medium and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. You know, this year, you know, we talked about all the swarms. Well, basically I didn't lose, you know, I lost bees that I bought. But I gained freebies, <laughs> freebies, because I had so many swarms that I picked up. So I almost got the same number of colonies that I had, but I decided well, I'm going to, oh, one of the, Maxi has a colony that has a second gen scratch in, scratch in it, and... That queen lays like, and I know Natalie, when Natalie hears it, she'll, because already, we already, already talked, she lays like a red-headed mutt. And You're saying Texas, she's, got, she's got potentially some, some scutellata-type tendencies yeah. there where they, they just go crazy on laying brood yeah. and building up. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got one over there, and I, well, I like that, too. We, we bought... He bought an Italian, I bought an Italian, and we put them into the big swarms that we had. I think he may he's gonna he may get some fall honey out of that one bunch he's got. It's got four frames of deep frames of brood in it. And I need to open up I since I've been sick I hadn't opened up my uh bunch at Rick's, the one that I put the Italian in. But the way it's Another bunch of bees. We opened it up a couple of three weeks ago, and wow, that's all I can say. We never pulled the frames out, but there was a bunch of brood in that box. So it's going to go crazy this fall. So we may be able to to uh, 
I don't know. I just gonna leave it alone. We'll probably let that one. Rick, the bees over at Rick's are probably all going to Mason, and they'll all have mediums on them because they're doing great over there. Uh, we're gonna have them are gonna be big colonies over. And that's good. Two carnies and Italian. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Take them, take them to Mason, and then it'll give you another way to go through and kind of compare and contrast so that you can see. Yep what the flow in Mason looks like compared to, you know, what you experienced out there at the the current apiary out at Mike's. Yep. Yep. And I think that uh, I'm wondering if we're going to have a dry year this next year, you know, the oh. weatherman's all saying drier and warmer. So I don't know, you know, with, uh, with, uh, La Nina, I don't know. It may be drier and warmer. I hope the El Nino comes back and gets back to, raining so who knows we'll find out yeah it, it's always feast or famine down here it's either drought or flood we don't really get yep. uh the nice happy in between it seems like nope so oh well, that's what makes it so fun yeah exactly <laughs> you never know what might happen um i had a uh a interesting night last night what'd you do i had to go and remove a hive like an actual established in a Langstroth box colony um, mm -hmm. from a lady that I had originally trained in beekeeping back in the day. She worked out on a ranch and they were clearing out some area and they found a whole bunch of hives out there and they were kind of in shambles, but they still had bees in them. And she contacted me and I came out and taught her how to go through and do all the basics. And we went through and she cleaned up that area, made it all beautiful and put the bees into brand new equipment and she refurbished the stuff that could be salvaged. And, you know, we got new frames and, and got it all nice and awesome. And I really hadn't uh, I heard much from her really for the past couple of years, everything had been going well. Um, she has since moved her bees. I found uh, off of that original ranch and she's moved them to another ranch, but she had one colony that she had brought in home, brought home, brought home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she had brought home and I got this kind of, panicked phone call last night and I saw her name pop up and I was like, Hey stranger, what's up? And she said, Oh my God, my bees killed my chickens and my Turkey. And I was like, okay, so first <laughs> off you had chickens and a Turkey and, and I'm pretty sure you lived in town and she does, she has like a very small backyard. So um, that was quite the menagerie going on there, but she doesn't exactly know what happened. So, you know, for those that, that remember my story about the, uh, the murder of the chickens, the great chicken apocalypse, um, <laughs> there was an actual issue that happened with mine. I had a box back there from a removal that shouldn't have been there. It was in a small top bar nuke box. The chicken, a chicken jumped up on the edge of it and it was just sitting on a cinder block and it caused it to be off balance and it flipped over, oh, no. down, which pissed the bees off. And when the bees started stinging, um, it set off all the other colonies that were back there because they were in close proximity and the pheromones got everybody riled up and it just turned into literally like the apocalypse. Um, mm -hmm. Well, with her, there is no visible indication as to what might have occurred. She's not aware of anything like disturbing the colony. The chickens have lived back there with the bees for over a year and they were just going and scratching around and all of a sudden, like just chaos and, and panic. And she was able to save one hen and oh, she thought she had a second hen that was going to be saved, but that one ended up passing away a few hours later. 
the turkey uh, died in her husband's arms and he cried. Oh no. And it was just this very traumatic evening. So I had to come help clean up the aftermath of this and take the hive off of the property. And uh, she was like, you know, I thought about taking it out to the other location where she's got her other hives, but then she thought, you know what? I don't want to wait. I would rather just have John come out here and do this and take it out to the country where he puts the removal hives so that it can be isolated and secluded. And then I don't have to worry about my neighbors because she's never had anybody complain, but now this something has happened. Right. And she can't identify what caused it. But at nighttime, um, we did it after dark. Like I got there at sunset last night and we purposely went there to do this after dark because then all the bees are going to be home. And I did see a beard on the front of the hive and it was cool. So I didn't think too much of it, but they had been very riled up. So, you know, a lot of them could have come back and just kind of bearded up and hadn't filtered into the colony yet. So I had to smoke them quite a lot to get them to finally go down and go inside the hive. And then I got everything sealed up. And after the fact, I still see some bees and I can hear them. And she's like, oh, well, it's got a screened bottom because I said, I think there's a clump of bees underneath there. And she's like, well, it's got a screen bottom. And I looked and I mean, there was a ton of bees underneath that hive just hanging onto the screen. And I was like, well, crap, there's not any way to really successfully get them to go in the hive at this point. And I've already stapled screen over the entrances. So we ratcheted (laughs) it down and we picked it up and we put it on a dolly and we were doing good. And then we hit a bump and part of the hive like slid off the dolly and jostled it. So then all the bees underneath the hive get pissed. But since how it's dark, they don't fly they crawl and they came any of them that jostled and hit the ground then began crawling up our legs the rest mm-hmm. of them were crawling up our arms for where we were bracing the hive um mm-hmm. and and pretty soon i looked like i had a polka dot suit on um there were little dark <laughs> spots everywhere in the dark mind you i didn't strap my ankles which i always mm-hmm. do when we're doing removals mm-hmm. or when i'm working these <laughs> but i didn't strap the ankles because I was really thinking that this was going to be a slam dunk, you know, hey, we'll just ratchet it up and and close off the entrance and I'll pick it up and stick it in the truck, not realizing that there was going to be so many bees still on the outside and on the underneath of the hive. So we got the ones on the outside off, but not the underneath and the underneath ones were then all over us and we were leaving a trail of bees everywhere we went. We finally get it in the truck, but that was not before I got stung in the temple. Uh, right there, actually. I just touched it and my brain and everything else just reacted and said, yeah, that hurts. Don't do that. Um, so they got in my suit because they crawled up the pant leg where I had not strapped it. And so they got up inside the suit. They were up in the veil. I could feel more than one of them crawling in my hair, but they weren't burrowing, trying to sting me. They were just crawling. And that's a creepy feeling as it is. But in the dark, when you can't see anything, it's very mm-hmm. unnerving. And uh, I did get that one sting and I think I squished another one. And then we picked up the hive. We got it in the truck. She spent a good five minutes trying to brush them off of me. And we had to keep moving further and further down the street because as they hit the ground, they would just come crawling and then crawl back up your legs. And so, uh, and then my thought initially was, well, I'll just bring this one to the house initially, right? I'll bring Mm -hmm. it to the house. And then tomorrow I'll take it out to the farm. Well, Based on just how crazy everything ended up being and the fact they were in my suit and I was getting stung and there were so many bees on the outside of the hive, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's a bad idea. So it went to the farm last night in the middle of the Mm -hmm. night, in the dark, after rain. So I wasn't really, I couldn't see if I was going to get stuck or not (laughs) driving out there. Um, 
But anyhow, long story short, I did make it home around 10 o'clock last night, and it was only one sting, despite all the opportunities for them to have stung me more. Uh, and the bees are now safely relocated. But yeah, that was uh, quite the interesting way to spend one's evening. <laughs> Sound like. So were the bees that y'all rescued out of the the old hives, were that some of her old bees, or was that some new bees that she just found, or somebody else had left there? No, this was a, this was a colony that she had done splits on, and we did requeen those colonies. The, the ones that were overtly defensive got requeened two years ago when we did that, and then since then, I don't know if she has just, you know, made some splits to increase her colonies or not done anything. And, and, and then forgot them. about them or something? Well, she didn't forget about them because okay. this one was in her backyard and it had been back there but, for a year and hadn't had yeah. any issues, had been very docile. Okay. So the thought was more that something provoked the colony, not necessarily mm -hmm. that the colony, you know, just grew magically yeah. aggressive and angry all of a sudden, but something provoked the colony. Something yeah. like the turkey may have hit the colony or... A bee may have stung the turkey on accident, and the turkey was right there in front, and he started flapping his wings, which then beat yep. a bunch of bees up and, and started it. You know, yep. something out of the ordinary occurred that caused it all to go to shit. And that's what yep. happened at, at my house, too. The bees had been back there. Oh, heck, I think the bees and the chickens had been together for almost two years, and about a year and a half, actually, I guess. And uh, there had never been any issues the gate to the bee yard would always be open when the chickens were out so they could go back there and forage. The chickens would actively avoid the bees. They never tried to peck at the bees or oh, anything yeah. else. And it was only when I put multiple errors here, too many colonies then should have been allowed on such sized piece of property mm -hmm. because it was raining too much and I couldn't get out to the removal yard because the whole entry was underwater and I couldn't mm -hmm. get out there to get up to the hill where the other hives are. So I had, we'll just say way too many colonies in the backyard mm -hmm. in the bee area. Um, there was supposed to be the two full-size Langstroths and one top bar, but there was a whole slew of yeah. other smaller removal hives in the small removal boxes. And the chickens knocked over one, and that's all it took. And I mean, just chaos ensued. And those were hives that come out of removals. Yes. And those were already genetic. Yeah. Unknown genetic lineages, yeah. probably uh, obviously feral genetics. And that's that yeah. is the ultimate redheaded mutt is just yep. that's our term for a feral bee here in Texas that is running around and you don't know, you know, who its baby daddy is. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So but they got some great genetics, but no, don't have. They have yeah. They have very good mean. They, they, they are mean. Yeah, but they, they do raise some brood. <laughs> they raise they, some bees. They can be, they can be testy. Um, but they've also, you know, there you can get some of them that are just great. You know, they're, it oh, yeah, I got one. I got one bunch. It is that way. But they, they will get mean pretty quick. But most of the time, they're just as nice as they can be. But they, they turn temperament quickly. Yeah, and a lot of that comes into some of the stuff like Natalie talked about this week on the main episode, which was being mindful. And mm -hmm. going slow, being conscious of what's going on. No, you know, taking I always go slow. Yeah, whatever. I'm always just as slow and easy. Is this the, is this the April Fool's and... episode? Are we? Where's the calendar? 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somebody's telling a story. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. Maxie. That's not me. <laughs> That's right. Max Max is the slow goer. He yep. did call me the other evening uh, to ask me some questions about the hives. And, and I think that one that you were talking about of his, it was pretty big. He was asking, you know, what he should end up doing. And, and I said, well, I mean, if they're already backfilling, that's okay, because that's what should be going on right now for us in the United States in the fall. Mm-hmm. You want them to start bringing in that honey. You want them to start backfilling and you want the brood nest to, to slowly start reducing. But at the same time, you don't want it to happen so quickly that they can't continue raising the fall yep. bees because you do need a good complement of those. So mm-hmm. I said, if you if you have a box of drawn comb that you can put on top of there that they could use to relocate or to allocate for storage as the nectar flow comes in, you could do that. And then if they fill the whole thing up, awesome, you can leave it there for them. And then they've got plenty of food stores for winter. But if they don't fill it all up, and they only fill up a few, well, then you could take those and extract them and you could use that for, you know, kind of a sampling of what your fall flow tastes like. And uh, that way it does provide them a little bit more space. But again, it only works if you've got the drawn comb. Um, individuals no, I got plenty of that. You do have plenty of that, yeah. Um, individuals that are not that lucky, though, if you put a box on right now of empty foundation, if the bee colony is already super big and super strong, they may draw out some wax, but they're not going to draw out that entire box. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be like it is mm-hmm. in the spring where it's just building and building and building constantly. You know, they they know that those resources are very precious and valuable, and it is a huge resource drain to convert. Well, it takes a lot of sugar to convert over to make wax, and that sugar is what they need yep. for the food stores. So. You might get a little bit of wax production, but you're not going to see anything like you do in the springtime. So, Tell me this. When the bees cap the honey off, why is it different colors? No. Oh, that's easy. From, col- from colony to colony. One colony, the, the cap is just as white, just snow white. Then you go to the next colony, and it's kind of off-white, almost brown. And then the next bunch... It would be a different, each one of them is a different color. Yeah, that's actually a very easy uh, explanation for those. So what is occurring, it is a a little bit of like a genetic trait. Um, It depends on how the bees go through and process their honey and what they do with it. But ultimately, the snow white cappings are usually Mm -hmm. on brand new comb or comb that has not ever had brood raised in it. Also, they have an air gap between the honey underneath the capping and the capping itself. So the honey is not directly touching the capping. That's what makes it snow white because it's fresh wax with nothing behind it. Now, when they fill the cell up too far, which again is kind of a genetic attribute that some lineages will do, when they fill it up all the way to the end and then cap it, the honey is in direct contact with the wax capping. And that makes it that little bit muted, a little bit darker kind of tannish look where it's not as vibrant white, but it's still kind of like a, a off white. Yep. And then based on the color of the comb as well, if they have comb that's old brood comb and they turn around and they use that and they fill that with honey and they cap it, it's going to be a very dark capping. And it yep. doesn't necessarily mean that the honey in there is going to come out dark. It just means that the cells and the the wax that they used was a dark wax whenever they okay. went through that. Okay. Okay. Got that question answered. (laughs) Yeah. If it is old wax that is in the colony and it has been in there over time, 
more than yeah. likely it is going to be like a fall or winter honey that is more bitter and more strong that's in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you just put a dark comb on there, you know, in the spring and they filled it and capped it, it's still going to look darker, but it's still going to have spring honey in it. When you extract okay. that honey, it's going to come out lighter. Um, okay. One of the ways to go through and test that is obviously to poke a hole in it or put your finger in it and gouge mm -hmm. some of the honey out. And if it comes out on your finger and it's got that clear amber color, it's mm -hmm. still more of a spring honey. If it's got a really dark amber or real dark, can't even see through it, brown kind of molasses color, then it's the fall mm -hmm. honey. I stick my finger in that, pull it out, and it's got an award on it. <laughs> Award-winning honey. <laughs> Spells it out right there as it trickles yep, down. Right there. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Goodness gracious, who would yep. have imagined? We will be doing a honey episode, actually. I've already teased this once, but it's coming up. Assuming that the honey arrives in, where's it going? Connecticut. Uh, mm -hmm. Assuming the honey arrives in Connecticut on time, <laughs> mm -hmm. we will be doing a honey episode. We'll be recording it next week. Oh, yeah. And it will go, it'll be coming out that first Monday of October. Um, and for everybody right now who's listening to this in real time, September is honey month. I don't know if it's a national thing here in the United States or if it's like a global thing, but September is honey month. And so we originally were going to try to do it for September and put it out in September, but there were too many derails and complications and holdups. And I still haven't. It's even just 2020. Yeah, it's right. It's just 2020. It, it's it's screwed just 2020. We need this one behind us. <laughs> it may be part of the next one. Who knows how that's going to go? Lord, I hope not. <laughs> It's uh, creating enough challenges. Everybody has to learn how to redo their life and schedules well, I think and all that, that stuff. I think that's going to be, they will be a new normal. We'll have to figure that one out. Yep. Still working on it. Yep. Well, sir, I think we can go ahead and call this one good. And uh, we'll get off here and let you continue resting and healing up. And yep. We'll let everybody else get on with the last two days of your week. If you're listening to it in real time, it's Thursday. You're going to have one more day of work, and then the weekend is here. Hopefully, everybody has a wonderful weekend, and uh, we will be back with you on Monday with another full episode of The Hive Jive as well. Until then, what should they do, Ken? Be good, family. Y'all stay healthy and take care of each other. Y'all be good, family. There you go. Be safe, be healthy, be happy. Bye-bye. This Hive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.